Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are 2 Samuel chapters 4 through 7. Rabbit Trails Today, we read in 2 Samuel 5.10, And he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. What do we consider power? Certainly, with regards to David in the reference verse, that entailed a lot. But he was anointed to be king, and while we are children of the king, the truth is, We're called to be servants. Preaching to the choir here, but there is a disturbing trend that has been around since the beginning of time and unfortunately remains alive and well today that states being a victorious believer means that we will have material wealth. I've seen so many name it and claim it prayers, posts, sermons, books, and websites, and it grieves me deeply to see people reduce Yahweh to something akin to a lucky lottery ticket. It is irreverent to treat him or think of him in such a common manner. This is on my mind because I unfollowed two pages this week which were spreading this kind of thought, that we can pray and be made wealthy in the world's eyes, or that being a believer meant that Yahweh was just waiting in the wings to give us money. If you think about it, it's often the times in which the world is a hard, is harder on us or a less prosperous place for us that we turn to Him. And what a blessing whatever made us turn ends up being as a result. But th- for those who focus solely on things such as this, they don't know the enormity of Yahweh and the eternity that He offers us. And that grieves me too. They are lost, plain and simple. Am I saying they are not saved? No, I'm not. It's not my place, nor within my ability, to determine who is and is not saved. The privilege of granting salvation belongs solely to the Father. However, Yahweh is not a lottery ticket. Yes, Yahweh can put us in a position to have nice things. But on a spiritual level, does a nice car equal power? Compared to eternity, It is a cheap trinket of no value at all. Yahweh functions on a whole other level that we cannot see, and we have to be careful not to get so distracted by this world that we take our eyes off of kingdom matters. So what does Yahweh's power look like in our lives? If I had to describe it, I'd say it was that which made us look like our Messiah, with an orchard full of fruits of the Spirit to show for it. Moving on. 2 Samuel 4.10 gives us even more insight into how David felt about the Amalekite he killed in yesterday's readings. Now, 2 Samuel 5.6 begins the talk of the lame and the blind. At first reading, this may not make a lot of sense. Well, no worries, because it feels the same way on the second and third reading, too. Truth is, scholars have been all over the place on the meaning of this for quite some time. I'm going to share with you the three dominant theories, but there are more theories where these came from, so hop on down that trail if you like. 
Theory number one is that Jerusalem is so fortified and the inhabitants are so confident that David and his men cannot penetrate it that they say all that they need to defend them are the blind and the lame. One tale even goes so far as to suggest that they brought their blind and their lame to the walkways at the top of their city walls, and it was they who shouted down the insults to David and his men. Theory number two says that the inhabitants of the city were trusting in their gods to protect them and being sarcastic, as the Israelites had referred to their gods as being blind and lame. Now, theory number three is another one that seems a little far-fetched with our current translations. However, if we go back to the original Hebrew, take heed of prophecy, and realize that David is the foreshadowing and ancestor of our Messiah, and look at scripture, it can hold some water. This theory states that the inhabitants were shouting that David was not to come into Israel unless he is the one who can heal the blind and the lame. In this context, David's reply was meant to say that he hated the affliction of blindness and lameness that had come upon these people. Check out Matthew eleven four through 6 and Matthew fifteen thirty one to see Messiah's fruition of this event, should this theory prove to be true. In 2 Samuel six twenty one. David is chastised by Saul's daughter, his wife. David danced before Yahweh. This appears to be genuine, unfettered, sincere worship coming from the depths of his very soul. These moments where we are so overwhelmed by the thought of the majesty of the Father that we just can't contain ourselves, they are beautiful reminders that the creator of the universe is also the creator of joy. David was chastised, though, and seen as undignified. I love his answer. 2 Samuel 6.22 reads, I will celebrate before Yahweh and will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Nothing matters but what our Father thinks. Nothing is useful if it does not please Him. Let the world think we're crazy. We're called to be a peculiar people anyway. And now I have a video, a little song for you embedded in these notes, so you'll want to visit that. I also want to leave you with this beautiful and wise insight from fellow Front Porch sister, member of our admin team, Aletha Karen Bass. She said, When we look at the Bible as history, we're doing our Father and ourselves a big disservice. I've often said, it's our driver's instruction manual. It tells us how our lives are to be lived successfully. If we look at it as a history book, we don't apply it to our lives. I studied the Civil War in American history. I don't apply what I studied to my daily life. I read scripture, like what happened between Saul's men and David's men at the spring, and see life as it is now, how we can apply the lessons. That's why the Bible is unique. I don't believe that there's anything included between the pages that doesn't apply to us today just as much as when it was first written. Amen. Now, y'all, as I type these notes up, I'm preparing for that special time when we remind ourselves and the Father, and the world, who we really belong to. So, I want to leave you with this. If you're not reading the comment section each day, you're missing out. The Holy Spirit's moving in this group, and so many are earnestly searching His Word and being blessed with wonderful insight, which they are then sharing with all of us. Some days my notes are more fleshed out than others, but I'm forever impressed with the comments from y'all on each day's readings. And a special thank you to everyone who just takes time to say good morning each day. Just checking in for a quick greeting helps us get to know your name and remember you as part of our wonderful little community here. Don't ever feel as if you have to leave a lengthy comment. A simple good morning from you is always a blessing. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 
1 Thessalonians 5:21. We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.